From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 88, and today I'm joined by Patrick Haggerty, who is a filmmaker who's made a bunch of great short films. One is The Day the Santa Didn't Come, as well as The Golden Ticket, and upcoming is Home in Time, so keep an eye out for that. And we're going to sit down and watch the first of our Christmas-adjacent films together. So we're sitting down to watch Three Days of the Condor. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen this movie. I'm Patrick Haggerty. I have also not seen this movie. And I know... As little about this movie as you could possibly know about a movie. I wore a shirt with a bird on it. <laughs> you can't see it, but it's amazing. Yeah. And I don't think it's a condor. I believe that's an eagle. It's a white raven. <laughs> oh. Uh, bringing the news of winter. Winter is here. Okay. And uh, somewhere in uh, Winterfell. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, literally, and I, got, I was saying to Patrick before I, we started recording that I was in a, a used store yesterday that sells used things. And just got lucky that uh, they had a copy of this on the shelf. And it was, I could only see the spine. And so I made special, I, I was very careful about only pulling it out. I don't even know what I paid for it because I don't want to look at the front and <laughs> price tag. This, this could have been a $50 purchase for all I know. Well, so you, you were avoiding looking at anything else? I know nothing. I don't know who directed it. I don't know who stars Fantastic. it. I know, all I know and the reason why, why this even came up, I think, was because I decided this year... Uh, I'm doing, I think, like three Christmas episodes, but I decided it would be fun to do, or holiday episodes, I should say, uh, and I decided it would be fun to do like ho- holiday adjacent movies. Is so this, not is this holiday adjacent? That's it was on the list. I typed in like list? top holiday adjacent <laughs> movies, okay, and just went through a bunch of different. Pe- and, and of course, because the internet is full of wonderful nerds, uh, there are several lists of people going. These are the best holiday adjacent movies. Chris, like that, you know, this season of movies. And this awesome. was on several of those lists. Yeah. And I also just knew that this was one of those movies that people consider a great movie. But I honest, but I knew nothing about it other than there's some aspect of it that is Christmas adjacent. Interesting. And that's why we want and that's and I, so I threw <laughs> up that list and I think you said, Oh, I haven't seen three days of the Yeah, no, I I recall now that you put up yeah, that list online and it was all Christmas. Uh, adjacent movies. Um, I uh, so we'll discuss after how Christmas adjacent it is or not. I know very little about the movie. I know it's a spy thriller. Um, I worked as, uh, as as an assistant director last year on a um, I forget who funded it. AT AT and T and MGM funded a, a, a ten part TV series called uh, called Condor. I think it had a long, longer title like Six Weeks of the Condor or something. It's Based somehow or loosely, I think, on Three Days of the Condor, maybe just for marketing. I don't know how connected it is. Um, I know at the time when I worked, so I know I know that show. I know what that plot was. Uh, you know, some terrorists were looking to release some virus or something. Um, 
I know at the time when I started working on it, I looked up Three Days of the Condor on IMDb just to see what it was about, because obviously I've heard of it. I heard yeah. it was a good movie, but I didn't know anything. So I did look it up. I did look up who was in it and who directed it. But that was a year ago, and I forget completely. Like, I've, I've honestly have no idea right now. I think at one at point, uh, when, right before we did it, I did look it up too, just to get. And I think, and I know, I don't remember who it is, but I know it's one of the big directors of that era. And there's a big, the male lead is a big, big seventies actor. I think. I, I think. Sure. So. I, I I'm sure. I think right it's now. a big movie. I think it's <laughs> yeah. a big giant movie that for some reason is a is a huge gaping black hole for both of us. Yeah. This is ridiculous. We're just like two big cinephiles, obviously, and filmmakers. And I'm sure there's whoever's listening. There's like is embarrassing. There's film buffs out there. There, yeah. That's okay. but that's the whole point of this, Patrick. Is exactly. that everyone has <laughs> there's oh everyone has one of those movies that they just didn't get to see, and it's like everyone's got an embarrassing black hole, and that's why we're here. Yeah. So sh- shall we fill this black hole? I think it was a pretty good segue. <laughs> that was pretty good. And I just ruined it with all this banter. <laughs> roll, roll the projector. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Okay, we just finished. And I gotta say, uh, as little as I knew about this movie going into it, I feel I know even less having watched it. <laughs> I was confused. So, so uh, for those I, who uh, I enjoyed it over your snoring, I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. There's no. There's none of that. You son of a bitch. Um, uh, it's interesting. So we. So the, for those who I don't know if there's anyone that actually listens to this podcast having not seen the movie, but uh, we're very excited to discover uh, Robert Redford, Faye Dunaway, <laughs> and uh, Max von Sydow. That was a fun game at the beginning, seeing the credits, and we're all like, "Oh yeah, great, Robert yeah. Redford!" And it was a Sydney Pollock film, which I thought I knew it was like either Sydney Lumet or Sydney Pollock. It was one of the Sydneys. I thought I had a feeling of that. So Sydney Pollock, who uh, yeah, I generally enjoy. Uh, tell me your thoughts on the movie. I'm kind of collecting my own. My thoughts are it's a lot of it's wrapped around uh, the fact that I worked on this TV series that was based on that. And I didn't yeah. know, I thought maybe it was just inspired by it. I thought it was loosely based on it. I thought maybe it was a continuation and it was like the son of that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what it turned out to be was it, it, so to, to me, the experience was really wrapped up around that. So to me, it was like comparisons and filling then, in blanks, and, and then that. things that I knew to happen. So it had similar bones. It had the same bones. It was like um, uh, in the TV series. There's a analyst named Joe Turner, and he's uh, he stumbles onto something that's like uh, you know there's a shadow group within the CIA, and he stumbles onto something they're doing. Then there's all this uh, intrigue. And so there's some similar characters. He has a friend with the same name, but it's kind of very different. There's just, I guess, because it was a 10 hour, you know, what a series it was on. Yeah. Was it a limited series? There's talk. They're supposed to be coming back for a sequel next year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, It's funny. At the end of uh, the series, Joe goes off to Europe, like like Max von Sydow's character was suggesting. He actually does. Not to be an assassin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just go off to Europe. Anyway, for, uh, for me, it was like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, I remember that name, that name. And then I I guess because I ha- I knew another story with the people with the same name, I was kind of expecting things. Like in the series, the, the woman dies. Like I, actually in the series, everybody dies. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I kind of, I didn't know. It was different enough. Like I didn't know where it was going to go. But like that ending is really, I found really sudden. Like I just felt like there was a lot more story, right? Like it just, yeah. just a freeze frame. I just found I found uh, I love the first act. Like the opening of this film was really mm-hmm. great. It kind of caught you off guard. 
you know, you don't know what the fuck is... You're right in his point of view. You don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, you know, you don't even know what he does, really. You get a sense that he works for some kind of agency. And, you know, as he reveals it to other people, yeah. really just fade down away, uh, you start to realize who he is and what he does. Yeah, it's really mysterious at first what that office is and what they do. Yeah, like, you know, there, there's something higher up. But you also know that he's not really taking it that seriously. He's kind of a goof-off. He's... You know, he's putting a mask over yeah. his face when uh, when the the uh, CCTV camera yeah. or whatever it is. Well, he's like he's in the CIA, but he's not a, he's not like a serious CIA man. He's just he's an analyst. Or he's a, he reads books. I I really, actually really enjoyed that. The fact that uh, you know, there's the whole Dick Tracy like joke at the beginning that he's reading comic strips. I like I like that that's his job. That he he reads he reads it's like being a creative strategist, like he reads adventure novels and comic books to get ideas that the CIA don't have, uh, like a database, right. And tip pulls good ideas and, and then, and then bumps it upstairs. It's like they, and uh, you know, maybe they have a few people reading books and maybe other offices. It's like, they've created like an organic internet in a way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> to, to mine ideas. Yeah. I, I love that aspect of it, but I, I just found the movie, once it, once it hit into the second act, like, just as I was expecting it to, because I just, I love that first act so much. He was just hanging out at her apartment. Like, yeah, I just found it would be so slow and kind of just more confusing as, I never, I, I knew that there was like a shadow group of some kind, but I don't, couldn't tell you what the fuck was going on throughout this movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously though, and part of it was that yeah, no, I, it was, just, I, I it was going so slowly uh, that I kept on kind of drifting in and out of it, and my brain went off, <laughs> and then I was trying to keep. It was starting to shut down. It's late at night, but it was just like I found myself fighting just to stay awake to pay attention in this movie. Yeah, and I finding think, the it wasn't scene. that clear to follow, and then at the end, it's like it's all over oil. I'm like, it was. Like, yeah, I didn't expect. But that. also, it just felt like this this repetition of scenes where it was just like. Now we're going to be in a five-minute scene that's just two people standing there talking in medium shots. Yeah. Back and forth, it's just like, oh, fuck. Like, this scene this scene couldn't be more boring. And now you shot it like this. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I like that you do this podcast and, like, I... <laughs> no, because I, uh, um, because I don't on my own go and watch old movies. I'm, I'm a cinephile big time. I'm a filmmaker, but, and people might think it's sacrilege, but like, I don't, to me, like I'm more, but modern classics, I, I like kind of movies from kind of the eighties on. Like yeah. I don't, I know there are some great classics that hold up, but I just, you know, you're talking about the pace and it's like, yeah, I, I just, I can appreciate older movies, but I find the pacing always really slow and things yeah. are kind of, and, and this was probably like a cutting edge spy thriller at the time with like cutting edge technology, which, you know, we're sitting here laughing at it because it's, it's so rotary phone. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. How many times do they cut back to that one shot of the major and his wheelchair, which was kind of awesome, but just that shot of the phones, just, uh, it was just, they shot that, they shot that guy's scenes in half an hour. (laughs) That big computer bank with the big cherry red lights and stuff and the map like that was cutting edge stuff it reminds me 
when I was five watching the Wonder Woman TV show and they had this big yeah. room full of supercomputers. Or that and... little phone thing that Robert Redford had. Oh, man. It was amazing. But I will say... T- t- um, I, I love it. I love yeah. being reminded of all that technology. It makes me giggle, but I kind of, but it reminds me that the world was like that. And, yeah. and I, I was a child in that world, but it, and, and comparing it to, you know, I can even, I have a direct comparison to this modern TV show we made based on that. And that used a lot of like, you know, modern technology, which is like really, it just really simplifies the story. It's just two different worlds. Right? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So this, the modern movie has like everybody's there's cell phones and texting and, and you know you gotta you gotta worry about CCTV. You know, uh, closer get cameras everywhere, and the CIA has them. And yeah. like, it's just it's a different world, and people track your phone, and you have to be yeah. a lot more careful. In this, like, I see him walking around 1970s uh, New York, and like, I figure he's actually super safe. But they don't even know what each other look at look like because they can't Google each other. They don't have a database to look at to know what anybody looks like. Nobody's met. They don't know what each other look like. There's no cameras around. Like yeah. Max Van Sito, you you missed that, but you know Max Van Sito sent the postman to kill him because he like pulled out his like tell us his, uh, his his sight for his gun and like saw the license plate and then they yeah, yeah, yeah. tracked the license plate to her because it's her car. But you know it's really like lo-fi stuff and the yeah, but I like that about it. Yeah, I will um, say though, fun. just just not not to labor on that, not to labor on this, but it's like there are some movies from this era that hold up exceedingly well. Uh, with pace, we just watched uh, the Sting, yeah, uh, the other night, and that's another Robert Redford film. Haven't seen that it. movie. Is oh <laughs> my god, <laughs> that movie is flawless. Okay, it's a per- for me, in my opinion, it's a perfect film. Yeah. It's entertaining. It's got a complicated plot, but you're you're it's 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 complicated in the sense that you're sitting there going, what is this? What is that? Like it knows what it's doing. Where this one is just complicated, almost for the point of it. And it's, it's just like complicated, but then it kind of slows down in weird places with the whole thing with the girlfriend too. And it's like, that's not, well, we'll uh, get into the whole Faye <laughs> story oh, in a second. Oh, oh. Yeah. Cause holy shit. Um, but like just stuff like Mike, Max found Cedow is some kind of like, he's not, he's a gun for hire, right? Like, he's not really part of the CIA. To he, some was extent. A, he was a gun for hire for this, I guess, shadow guy that was after the oil Addison and then at the end when he shoots him then Redford says oh you're they brought you back and he's like just for this job so the CIA flipped him or hired him to kill him like that's what I mean it's just like all of a sudden it it feels like one of those movies it feels like one of those movies that's just about like how many twists can we throw in yeah you know the the, the idea that it's like he goes Redford goes to that old guy's house and then, uh, you know, starting to kill him, Cedar shows up, and you're like, oh, well, fucking Redford's dead now. And yeah. then he flips it around, and he kills the old guy on his own, because he's like, yeah, this guy's compromised. We can't well, even. like, again, like, I appreciate, you know, the films from this era, but I just, I feel like, you know, modern films, we've just seen so much more of it. I, I feel like sometimes we've, we've gotten more sophisticated with storytelling. There's a lot more, often there's a lot more to the, the films, like, more modern films, but... Um, but I feel like back in the day, like when you go back and watch these things, you don't realize that like in their time, they were probably, I don't know, they weren't. Well, something very fresh, probably very fresh and intriguing about it. And so that's yeah. what lost on us because we also, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, decades of movies that have kind of been inspired by this and, and trumpet to some extent. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you go back and you watch these films and you think they're generic or not that original, but you don't realize they, 
you know, you forget that they, they were the original. They yeah. were that inspired a whole. You know. There's a movie from this era that's that's kind of the comedy version of this film. It's a film with Walter Walter Matthau called Hopscotch. Okay, it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, uh, it's I haven't it's, seen it either. Yeah, it's totally it's a it's a it's part of the Criterion Collection. So and it's it's on Canopy. If you want to watch it, you can watch it for free. Uh, and stream it. Hopscotch. It's phenomenal. You will enjoy it because it's a romp. It's a romp, but it also it's like it's taking advantage of all like that old technology. But uh, I, I'll give you the brief synopsis on, on, on Hopscotch. Nice. And everyone should watch it. It's a great film. So you want to talk about Faye Dunaway and the that amazing we'll, we'll get to the second. So, sex scene? so Hopscotch, <laughs> but the, the story of Hopscotch is basically it's like Walter Matthau plays an aging CIA agent who and who they want to take out of the field because he's too old to keep up with the field, and so. Instead of what, going was he like sixty back then? No, no, I think he's probably like late forties or okay. mid fifties. Yeah, and so they, and so what he does, is he decides to just fuck with the CIA, refuse to go into retirement, and just become a giant pain in their asses, <laughs> and it's and just stay a step ahead of them. It's it's a great great film. Uh, anyway, Faye Dunaway. Okay, <laughs> where do we start? Uh, there's a line in the film where he, to try to justify how nice of a guy he is, he says, I haven't raped you. And she says, the night is young. (laughs) And they do have the most weird sex scene that night that it's definitely not a rape scene, but it's far from a love scene. (sighs) There's (laughs) a long sigh. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, she's definitely into it. They get sort of close, and there's like a little Their sexual kissing tension. Is weird. That guess. kissing is weird. The kissing's awkward. It's all in close-ups, and then it's they keep like, cutting to her uh, her photography shots of her t- the black and white photography on the wall. That's like barren. These barren, like lonely trees and benches, because they're having empty sex, and so we're watching <laughs> empty photographs. <laughs> but even just jump cuts of like it could have been zoom lenses on their sex. It's just it so could have been it could have been hot. It could have been I don't know. It could have been. It could have added to the movie something, but but it's, also it's like so she's got like a boyfriend yeah. of some kind that she's avoiding seeing. It's very complicated because she's, she's got a lonely soul with all her lonely photos. But she talked about some photos that she keeps hidden that she was wanted to show him but never did. Uh, there's some. <laughs> I, I swear I to God, I think it's just like there's some. I, I'd love to look up. Uh, kind of the trivia on this movie because I kind of feel like there's some deleted scenes or just some stuff. It just yeah. it, it, I'm just going. I mean, I'm I'm in the middle of starting to 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 write something new, and so whenever I do that, I kind of pour through all my old screenwriting books okay. that I've highlighted, made notes on. So just to, it just felt to, to you like writing. there was something missing, or it just felt to me. I'm watching this. It going, ended abruptly. Like, well, it's just, it's just I, felt, I, I watch this going, and my, my my writer brain is on going. It's like, what does Robert Redford want? You know. What's stopping him? And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck he wants. And so for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm having a hard time emotionally engaging in this story. And so my brain is just shutting off yeah. because I don't care. Because it's like, what is he trying to stop? Like, what's going on? I don't feel like on? there was any resolution. Like, are the, are the CIA still after him? What's he going to do? Or is he going to go like... CDL uh, says, like, you should become a, 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 an assassin too. It's like, under what grounds? Like... Yeah. He wasn't bad at keeping himself protected, but that's a hell of a lot different from going and assassinating people. Yeah, that seemed like a bit of a stretch. Like he's read some Dick Tracy novels, or comic books. I, I guess said I was impressed that he that is spycraft. I guess he that he survived that long or something. But 
Yeah. But, they, but he never, you know, you one should guy. be dead by now. Come join us. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I like the, I like the, I like the aspect of, of Cedar's character that he kind of respected him and that there was this professionalism to it. Cedar's character in this, the, the TV show I worked on is, uh, Joubert. So it was, uh, in the TV series, it's like this hot young Israeli assassin uh, female who's like, <laughs> He's just a total psycho and kills everybody. <laughs> anyway, I... I should do. I, I, so I had a little baggage, I guess, coming into this film. And so, yeah, to me, like, I, I uh, you know, I was aware of this other story with, like, 10 hours of, of plot. There was a lot more to it. So, yeah, to me, it just... Yeah. That felt like a first act of the whole thing. You know what I mean? It felt like... Like, it felt like it was, there was more to, to come, but... Uh, yeah. And, and so we picked this movie because it's uh, Christmas adjacent. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who's Christmas less of that at all? That's, that's Oh, weak. man. It weak. is as, as adjacent as you can get. It's literally just there's some background Christmas music. Die, and... Die Hard is, is like freaking elf compared to this. Yeah. No, it really, really is. Uh, because really, and it's like, and it's not even, I was trying to figure out why Saturday Christmas, because it's not like there's snow everywhere and they have to, and they have to explain the, the exterior. Christmas has nothing to do with anything. No, they, they just decided that the, the only sort of place that I saw it, uh, affect the plot was that, uh, when he went back to see his dead friend's wife that she was having people over, but, but that could have been that any dinner party. Any dinner party. Be, yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't even that like, they, they, I think at a hospital, there's some like Christmas signs up, but it's not like, yeah, the Christmas had nothing to do with this movie. It's, it's, it's phenomenal, but there's, there's all this Christmas unrelated music. Unrelated to anything. Yeah. There's all this like Christmas music playing a source background music and, uh, and decorations. Did they mean to juxtapose like the, I don't Something. know. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea what what, what the, that yeah. creative decision was about. It was bizarre. I, the, the only thing I can understand is like maybe it was coming out around Christmas time, and they knew. Oh, that, sh- and they okay. knew the release date would be. Well, that. that's when they shot it. That's but but when they were shooting, maybe there was Christmas decorations up, and they just decided to lean lean into it. Like <laughs> maybe. Oh God. So here here's our here's what we recommend, people. Uh, if if for some reason you are watching listening to this and you've never seen the movie or you're about to revisit it. Uh, we recommend making a drinking game out yes. of the uh, Christmas. We just, regretted that we didn't. Oh yeah, just take a take a swig every time you see something that's Christmas related. Uh, you know, I don't think you're going to get bombed. No, nope. but you'll get really tipsy. A little bit of a buzz at the end for sure. Yeah, yeah. and, and a nice consistent <laughs> buzz. Like it's not like it's spread out. There's yeah, there's one or two sequences where you're probably going to have to pound back. You might have to wait about 25 minutes before you even take your first drink. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> nothing like for no. Me. It takes a while. Yeah, it took, a, uh, it took a bit. Yeah, so it, it's as, as Christmas as adjacent as you can get. Uh, so uh, so that, this will ease you into the, the Christmas episodes of the podcast because uh, Die Hard will get us far more uh, yeah. far more into Christmas. And then uh, I think our, our third will be, if it works out, we want to do the Hebrew Hammer. What's the Hebrew Hammer? It's a, it's a it's Hanukkah a Christmas movie. A Hanukkah Christmas movie. A Hanukkah uh. Uh, movie. Oh. So, uh, not a Hanukkah Christmas movie. That's, uh, that <laughs> doesn't make any sense, uh, Jeremy. Uh, what else? That, what? I, I'll never forget that sex scene. That was comical. It's bizarre. If nothing else, watch this movie for that. It's probably, what, 40 minutes into it? I can't, I, sorry, I, I feel like I'm misrepresenting it by calling it a sex scene. It was, it was supposed, it was supposed to be, but it was just like kissing with... It's no, they're clearly having sex because even she makes this weird comment the next morning. Do you remember? I can't remember what it was. 
Yeah, something about trusting. You can trust the spy fucker. She, like she called. I think we're pretty sure she called herself a spy yeah. fucker at one point. Yeah. But no, he, she makes a that comment about how uh, she never held any. She's never hasn't held anything back from him yet. It might have been the only. It felt like to me. It felt like the only swear word of the whole movie too. It's like somebody might yeah. have said a bastard or son of a bitch or something. But he was like, no, that's what it was. He, said, he as he says her, he tells her he's going to need her help, mm-hmm. and she says, "Well, I haven't denied you anything yet." Yeah. Like, Whoa! <laughs> like that's a like that felt really really related to that rape. Yeah. Casual rape throwaway comment that's, you made earlier in the movie. That's things you forget too when you go back and watch older movies. Just the. Uh, just social dynamics between men and women, and like it's not uh, strong in this one. But even like leading into that that sex scene, for lack of a better term, it's not even like they're having a romantic evening and there's some chemistry between them. It's almost just like, well, it's nighttime. I guess we should fuck now because <laughs> I'm Robert Redford and you're Faye Dunaway. Yeah, they're attractive people, but <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so you know, the whole Stockholm syndrome was taking effect, I suppose. But wasn't it also like? She has a boyfriend somewhere that she's was supposed to go over and meet. He's now a, isn't he's a tough guy. But also, when he went <laughs> over for dinner with his now dead friend and his wife, they were expecting a fourth, which we are meant to assume was someone that he was with. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, did you? She I, makes I a comment about they're waiting for. Sam. I didn't take it that he was expected for dinner. I thought I thought it was like she was expecting the husband and like two other people. But I, but maybe I missed it. Maybe oh, maybe was I'm he, confused about it. Because yeah, well, that's the only reference I, I guess that he had a girlfriend or something. Maybe I don't know. It's just I just another well, Janice. I think he he was pretty friendly with Janice. Like, Janice lovely the uh, the coworker from the office. But he was like he was like touching her hair. It's like I know it was the seventies, but like he picked he, her up and moved her. Yeah, the only per- which, it's, it's it like, seemed, like it seemed like they had a thing. Well, that was the other thing that when he gets back from lunch, I love that line too. When uh, when they're asking where he was, and he's like, he's literally out to lunch. <laughs> I thought it was a funny throwaway. Yeah, um, but I love. Well, when he comes back and he's running around the office, you know, you're. I was sitting there going because you, again they haven't given you all the information, which I like. I don't mind that in a movie. I like you know having to do a little bit of work on my own. But it's also it's just like you are tampering the fuck out of this crime scene, just touching anything. So it was oh, at sure. that point I'm like, okay, and, ru- and running upstairs when like the guys dropping sandwiches, unarmed sandwiches. I was really upset those sandwiches he got. This movie's all about sandwiches. What yeah. happened to the sandwich you put in her purse? That's what I want to know. Yeah, it got eaten later on. She took it out. She had, a, she had an eight-hour drive. To he, he had a whole bag <laughs> full of sandwiches, and then later on had to eat what looked like the driest, toughest <laughs> fucking pretzel. <laughs> Like he was chomping the <laughs> shit out of that pretzel, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it's like so for me, I, it was very clear that it's just like I love the the detail of uh, you noticed the toupee off the guy on the stairs. Yeah, the old guy fell on the stairs, and I just I saw it I saw it once, and then went back, and yeah, and that little detail was great. But I also loved just the uh, the, the receptionist. Do people wear toupees anymore. It seems like such a dated thing. Dated thing. I don't think people care anymore. And the receptionist, their cigarette. The cigarette was still going. Yep. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's just, I guess at that point it was clear that it's like, oh, this guy's not uh, calling the cops. This is, you know, this is definitely they're going to call the cleaners in that are going to come and deal <laughs> with these bodies. Yeah. Four, four guys from Quantico Pizza, the band shows. <laughs> Remember from the Simpsons? Remember the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably what this is from. Uh, <laughs> to some extent, I, I couldn't see what the logo was, but they were they had like janitors. Well, they actually, yeah, they they were literally they called themselves the cleaners, and that's yeah, what they did. Yeah, they go janitors. in and clean up a crime scene, I guess. Yeah. 
I, you know, there was some things I liked about the movie. The technology I can get over. I, I just. I just kept telling myself, I'm like, man, this was probably cutting edge at the time. He goes into the telephone building, right? Like, and hooks up to like the big board of with his, with his ro- device with a rotary. Well, when, 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 in order the major say at one point, he's like, he's connected 50 phone lines. He's really <laughs> messing with us. Like, how does that mess with you again? I'm confused by but the havoc he's wreaking. That's just like all the hacking. It's all like the, the hacking movies now where it's like, oh, he re- rerouted himself through five countries and trying to trace it. He's in one of the five boroughs. We don't know which one. I'm telling you, man, this is influential, cutting edge. Yeah, I'm sure it was. It's. it's I want to. It's. It's the kind of thing where because I know it is is a classic movie that is loved. I got to go back and read up more on it about what it is that kind of inspired people into this and that. I kind of walk. People away. loved Redford. He's a very character. Sure, star, very character. Yeah, he's great. But I walk away from this going, yeah, I don't get it. I don't. I'm. I. I had a hard time sticking with it. Well, you know, you were saying there's other movies like The Sting that hold up. I think maybe this doesn't hold up as well as other films. But, but you know, it could may have been really uh, influential at the time and, and yeah. new and fresher at the time. But Please, uh, please, film nerds who listen to this, if, uh, if you love Three Days of the Condor, uh, please uh, hit us up on Twitter and let us know why. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, it's like, I don't want to, like, I'm trying, I'm not trying to shit on this movie. Because there was some of it, some aspects of it that I really loved. I loved the opening act. I loved. There's a lot of great little dialogue pieces here and there. Uh, I found the sh- the shooting of it. I- I'm trying to think where this is in Pollock's career as a director. Because hmm. I found the shooting of it to be pretty unexciting. The, there's no stage interesting staging going on. There was a few decent shots, but yeah, nothing too fancy. It was pretty. Meat and potatoes. Um, there's a few helicopter shots I just saw that were bouncing all over the place. It was, yeah. It's been windy when they went up. <laughs> they didn't quite have the, the rigs yeah, in these days to hold stuff in I place. Know. Yeah, um, no. Have, I guess, you, have you seen the, uh, have you ever seen, I think it's called Spy Game. It's a, it was like a 10, 10 years ago with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, I like that movie a lot. It reminded me, like it kind of, it made me want to watch that again. Well, I no, really Oh, Spy Game. Uh, there's also, uh, was it Sneakers? Oh, Redford's in that as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it's called Sneakers, right? It's a hacker movie? It's another hacker movie. That's a fun movie. That is a fun movie. There's a great scene in that movie where one of them uh, is like blindfolded and put in the trunk of a car. And uh, and then when they get released back to their group, they're sitting there going, it's like, what did did you hear? It's like, I heard this. And they start layering on all these sounds from their their sound library they have. And and I heard this kind of bell... And so they, they go through and they figure it out. And they use all these sounds a person heard huh. to figure out where he was in the city based on, like, this kind sounds. of, like, train sound huh. and, and this thing. And, like, that's... It was just fascinating. Yeah. I want to go back and watch that because I'm sure if I watched it again, I'd be like, this is dated as shit, the um, technology. But I remember as a kid loving that movie. Yeah. It was... A, I remember being a fun movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. But, um... It kind of like, yeah, it made me, made me think of Spy Game, uh, where essentially Brad Pitt plays like a younger, like like this version of uh, Robert Redford, and Redford yeah. plays uh, you know the older, grizzled character. But Redford's great; he's charming as hell. Yeah, it's funny because the tone of this movie at the beginning feels like they're setting up kind of a comedy. It's very light. Yeah, you asked me like, was it, you know, was it a TV show? Was it goofy? Was it like, you know, like no, no, everybody died. It was, yeah, I, I guess they were contrasting his like lightness, right? And then he gets that's his change. He's sort of a carefree character, and he gets 
but it gets roped in all along this. Yeah, and 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 but but I did, and I love that because it's really setting up this fish out of water. Like this guy does yeah. not belong. And I, lo- I love stories like that too. I love people that are yeah. put into circumstances. Over when their push head. comes to shove, yeah, put over their head. Then he, uh, you know, he that that must was definitely my favorite part. The fact that yeah, this carefree guy that just uh, you know likes to go get sandwiches and ride a scooter and uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you the games that he that when push came. Push came to shove that he called upon all his Dick Tracy ideas and adventure novel ideas and and, and use them and use them yeah. to, to live and, and to get back uh, at the people that killed his friends. I will say so. To that note, uh, in terms of talking about like modern day spy movies that kind of like are in this vein, but not really. But have you seen the Spy Who Dumped Me? No, that's new. Yeah, yeah, it like, just came out. I yeah. think it's on video now, but it yeah. just it was in theaters in the summer. Uh, Fantastic! Really, really, really great. Who stars in that? Kristen Bell and um, oh, why is my brain blinking? I love her so much. She's on SNL. She was in the new Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, Kate. Kate Hudson. No, no, Kate Hudson. Kate Kate McKinnon. McKinnon. Yeah. God, brain fried. She's great. Oh, adore. That is a super fun movie. I really like The Spy. Was it Paul Paul Feig or something with uh, Spy? With, um, just called Spy. Yeah, with it was, um, it was really funny. Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy and the Rose, yeah, and that's Rose a version, Allen. a similar version of this too. It's like someone that's in over their heads. And not, not really. I mean, she's an analyst. It's kind of. I think actually I think, that's closer to this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because she's just a yeah an analyst, and they they throw her in. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. But that one's great. That, I, think, I like Spy a lot. Spy with Dummy. If you haven't seen it, yeah. I really recommend it. It's very fun. It's smart. Um, We've had a lot of spy movies since this movie. I think. I think when this yeah. movie came out, maybe spy movies weren't as played out, or as you know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We should be nicer to treat it. This. This was. You know, we need this movie. We needed this movie to exist so that we could have spy movies that we did enjoy. That's right. Again, not that I didn't enjoy it. I'm sorry, movie. I, what do I feel bad about not liking a movie? I like. I always like Maxwell Sydow and Redford and Fate Dunaway. There, yeah, it was good yeah. things. I think this is definitely a movie that I I will probably at one point try to revisit with a pot of coffee in front of me to make sure I'm just like <laughs> paying super attention because I feel like there's something in here that I'm not connecting to that I should. It takes some concentration. I'm, even at the beginning, we were we were uh, you know at the beginning there's that opening sequence for the all the credits right. It's a movie in the seventies or mid seventies. All the credits are at the beginning and there's a sequence and. And he's, uh, I knew there was something going to be something there in that dialogue. Cause I think that's where it begins. Right. Cause he's talking about, there's a lot of, uh, dialogue being thrown around details. You, you're not sure what they're doing at this place, but I think it's in there. And some of that dialogue, he's talking about some kind of communi- communication, uh, like secret, uh, secret communication system or something that's using different languages in three different countries. And that, I think that's what he stumbled upon. Yeah. Um, I think that's, there were hints in there and I think, um, yeah, I think we maybe we <laughs> our our concentration wasn't dialed in uh, quite keenly at the beginning. But. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, any other any final thoughts? Uh, no. Well, thanks. I, I, I no, honestly, I do. Uh, um, I like uh, your podcast concept because it gets me over here watching movies and watching old movies that I wouldn't normally put on myself. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. What are some of your other big black holes? Like your other. <sighs> Confession time? Yeah, do it. <laughs> I haven't seen this thing. Um, so good. I have never watched, uh, in its entirety, A Clockwork Orange. Oh! Yeah. Is, is there a reason? 
Oh, you just didn't like it? I don't know. I just I think... I was just... I think I was a bit of a neophyte as a kid. It's just I was a kid in the 80s. I just wanted to watch, like, glossy sci-fi movies. I wanted to watch The Last Starfighter. I wanted to watch Star Wars, like, 16 times. I wanted to... I, I don't know. These... Yeah, yeah. That... When I was younger, I think it just seemed... Something like that seemed kind of harsh. And then, like, in film school, it's... I don't know. I was just into... That's okay. I don't know. I like. I was looking forward more than looking back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched yeah. things like Citizen Kane. Like I went back and watched like a lot of the classics, but um, somebody to get around to. Clockwork Orange is worth. I would uh, check it out. It's worth yeah. it. It's a good one. And we've we haven't done it yet. Pieces, obviously. We haven't done it yet. So well, there, uh, there you go. That's a big one. So you, we, uh, <laughs> we could definitely do that. Yeah. We haven't. Had, the only Kubrick we've done, uh, unless I'm, I'm forgetting one, is Barry Lyndon. Yeah. I've seen I've seen Doctor Strangelove. I've seen I've seen other Kubrick, but not. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I will try to hold that one for you. Yeah. Great. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming over. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Let's all go. Thanks for joining us for three days of the Condor. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby.